but for now, we're gonna just uh, have a conversation with Tyna and I. And But before we get into this, because we are talking about working with transgender population in uh, the sex trade. So a couple of other housekeeping notes about terminology. And so transgender is uh, when someone, we say transgender man, is someone who is born female and transitions to male. And then a female, a transgender female, someone who is born male and transitions to female. So that's what we're talking about. We're not talking about intersex. And it's not to be confused with gender, um, I mean, sexual orientation. Sexual orientation has to do with the sex to whom you are sexually and romantically interested in. So there's gay, a lesbian, which is men attracted to men and women attracted to women. Um, We're talking about your gender identity. Uh, This is also, I still hear the term transvestite uh, uh, used a bit. That's an old term that's still a thing. And it really has to do more with uh, someone dressing up in the clothes that are more fit for that particular gender identity. But it doesn't really mean that, that, that they're transgender. I mean, of course, male to female, men will dress as a female, but that's different than being transvestite. Usually it's having a sexual arousal about wearing female clothes or something like that, but um, has nothing to do, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that they identify as the person they're dressing up as. So And also because we're discussing uh, prostitution, human trafficking, sexual exploitation, uh, the point here is not to get into those definitions. We recognize that there's a spectrum of exploitation, but what we're talking about today is meeting the person where they are. We're talking about meeting people who want to exit, meeting people who want to, who need some extra help. So that's what we're uh, dealing with today. We're not talking about, um, you know, what's prostitution and what's sex trafficking. We're just meeting the person where they are. So without further ado, I will introduce Tyna. Uh, Tyna uh, works uh, with an organization in a city in Italy. And so please, um, why don't you take it from there a little bit? Uh, Just tell us a little bit about you, uh, your role, where you work, uh, who you work for, um, yeah, please, uh, take it. Uh, thank you. It's, it's good to be here. And, and so, yeah, even though I work in Italy, I'm actually Finnish. And at the moment I'm in Finland uh, for the time being. For the past five years, I've been working in a central Italian uh, city of about 100,000 people and um, working there with operation mobilization. So emissions organization that's maybe some of you know for for the ship that we have that travels the world um but we actually have work in over 100 countries and and the aim of om so om for short uh, for operation mobilization is a non-denominational organization and our vision is basically to see the gospel advance amongst the least reached um, but then that means very different things uh, depending on the context and so we have work varying from church planting and discipleship with people to doing relief and development work and then uh, ministries of social justice and and that's how then the work that I've been doing also comes in so our work is then amongst victims of sex trafficking and sexual exploitation 
Um, I'm yeah, 33 years old and I'm a social worker training. Um, so yeah, a little bit of my background. Great. Um, and so describe sort of your, the project that you're working there in Italy. Um, is this an outreach style project or you do aftercare or um, describe a little bit more on the ground about how you're working with um, transgender in Italy? Um, and so our ministry um, yeah, reaches out to transgender and in our case, specifically Brazilians. So in our area, we have a large community of, of Brazilian transgender, but then we also work actually with Nigerian uh, women. Um, but we indeed started out with outreach. So yeah, roughly five years ago now, and then have developed it from there. So then we do follow up. We desire, of course, to see individuals um, exit prostitution. And that though means that, yeah, we, we basically walk alongside these individuals, meeting their needs where they are. Um, and because people, yeah, have very different uh, situations. Some have been in Italy for over 15 years, while others have arrived really recently. Um, the needs and, um, yeah, the needs vary. And so then, just at their pace, we we try and assist them in the ways that we can. We are a small organization or a small team. And um, hence, of course, we keep on developing our work to try and be able to build to better always meet the needs. But we, yeah, work with people so they could find other work, get training in the meanwhile. Um, and with the transgender, though, the work has mainly focused on the outreach and then maintaining those contacts through outreach, but also individual meetings where possible, um, mainly assisting in practical ways and, and looking for ways to, to, yeah, to find ways so people could uh, start afresh and, and do something else. Sure. So is a street-based outreach or are you, are there brothels or is it massage parlors or is it karaoke bars? Explain, um, give us a picture of what that milieu looks like uh, where you work. Yes. So it's um, street outreach. Um, and in Italy, actually, yeah, I think roughly 65% of people in prostitution work in on the streets. And so that is how we also um, came to yeah, meet and engage um, with, with the transgender because during the time that we would go out on on the afternoon, in, yeah, during daytime, we would have the Nigerian women in one part of the city and then in another part of the city, the transgender. Um, and yeah, out of the sheer need that we saw, we, we started to converse and to, to get to know mm. these individuals and ever since then kept that up. So this is something that your team evolved into. You were originally doing outreach to women in prostitution and then saw like the need to uh, um, to reach out to the transgender women. Is that right? Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. We weren't actually we weren't yep. we didn't, we didn't know of the of the actually creating yeah, the big number of people that are um, on the street that are specifically transgender. Yeah. And uh so then now you have a team that's dedicated to working with the transgender or you're working with both um, women and the transgender women? Yeah, yeah. So our team, we work with both, um, but we do have some division of, of, of labor, if you may call it that. 
Um, so the team is actually currently based all on uh, volunteers. So I was the only full-time worker. Um, and then, yeah, it's volunteers who bring it forward. And they, yeah, though most of us do outreach, we do then take on a bit different tasks depending on our strengths. So whether uh, some focus them more on the case management, uh, counseling, who are trained for that, and others may, may be more organizing indeed the outreach, the practicalities of that, um, the follow-up, like not with the transgender, but with the women, then we've had more women exit and hence then the follow-up and um, what comes with that. Some sure. individuals are more focused on that, but. Sure. So going back to the milieu, so you said most of the um, prostitution for all kinds of prostitution, right? Um, it's mostly street, right? For men, uh, women, transgender, whatever. And so is that, is it legal or is it tolerated or what's the, um, what's sort of the legality of um, prostitution there? So it's, uh, it's legal, but of course, yeah, <laughs> human trafficking is not. And so or, or, even though there are many cases of human trafficking within who is in street prostitution, not much is done about that. And so it's in this sense, very tolerated. Um, but when it comes to the transgender, they are an even more marginalized group within the already marginalized um, people in prostitution. And they they are subject to more violence, more abuse, as a as a subgroup. And so mm -hmm. it's um, they as a group face, yeah, if, if I may say, more difficulty uh, in terms of exiting and, and coming out of prostitution than compared to the women. If I, if I generalize a bit here, yeah. Can you? So let's talk more about the the demographics about the transgender women and why is it more difficult or why is it more violent and and uh, well, you said they are mostly Brazilian. The people that you work with are most of the transgender there in that city um, from Brazil or South America, or give us, um, you know, paint a broader picture about what, what, you know, what this demographic looks like. Yeah, who we're looking at. Yeah. Um, so yeah, in our case, they're actually all uh, Brazilian from a few different areas and, and places, but clearly from certain spots in Brazil. And actually our area, we've received uh, Brazilian transgender there, I don't know, for over 20 years. So it's been like a hot spot, um, yeah, for a longer time and continues to be so. And um, yeah, we talk about people, like I mentioned earlier, some have been there, yeah, way over 15 years. Others have arrived very recently. So therefore also age, uh, varies from like from early 20s to people in their 50s uh, and then that comes that means that yeah people also health-wise uh, find themselves in really diff different situations um, so some are unfortunately already very um, yeah struggle struggle greatly because of health um, issues substance abuse is very present um, amongst many and then with that comes, yeah, obviously a consequence a series sure. of, of, of other problematics. Um, and most are undocumented mm -hmm. and, and this then, yeah, creates another barrier um, to, the, to the exiting. But uh, yeah, even though there are many, uh, generally in Europe, we may have many people from Latin America that are transgender, but in our case, yeah, all Brazilians. So of sure. course, then what happens is that 
yeah, through contacts, yeah. Um, other yeah. people come where they already know, know yeah. some people. So if they're coming into these, you know, a lot of undocumented are, would you say that a lot of them, you know, if they don't fit the, the exact definition of trafficking, would you say they come under the auspices of being exploited or being um, pimped or something like, or under the control because of they've owe money in order to get to Italy or to Europe in general? Are they under this? Um, would you say most of them are under that kind of um, specter of exploitation? Yes. Yeah. Um, I think all uh, come in with the debt. So yep. they have been trafficked in this sense. So already when they're recruited in Brazil, often perhaps by other uh, transgender Brazilians mm -hmm. who have who have a past or or perhaps are currently still in prostitution. Um, yeah, in any case, using manipulation, deceits, people are, are recruited. And so when you hear it in the stories, you notice there are elements of trafficking in any case, even yeah. if people come um, on purpose sure. to... I mean, uh, there are, to game, yeah, to make sure. money through prostitution. Yeah, but I this mean, doesn't mean that everyone in not everyone in Brazil has actually necessarily been involved in prostitution uh, previously. So that mm. also depends on varies. But yeah. many come um, because of the need to escape their situation in Brazil. Sure. Um, yeah. So whether it's because of family reasons or generally the the risk that they face because of um, being transgender. And, and so people just come looking for a better future, but often with false hopes in terms of how much they would make, how it yeah. would really be practically. So there's a lot of exploitation when it comes to also then uh, having to pay rent, uh, blackmailing to pay higher rent, to pay on behalf of others. Um, so for any, any reasons, uh, yeah, they just have to make up for, yeah, pay for made up costs as mm. well. Mm -hmm. And and so that's is that made more difficult because of discrimination of transgender, um, or is it um, discrimination because they're from South America, um, or is it a combination of everything? Um, what what makes that um, more difficult? Um, perhaps overall due to their vulnerability um, of yeah being in a vulnerable position. Okay. And you mean econ I'm yeah. sorry to so interrupt, maybe, but like an economic vulnerability um, or sort of an immigration vulnerability or can you, I would just want to tease out what's, what's that vulnerable part? Um, yeah. Coming to a country where you don't know people, where you don't know the language. Um, yeah. After the, I don't know, first three months losing your legal right to be there. Um and just yeah, not knowing your rights, the way to move around. Sure. Um, and so yeah, not only because they're transgender, but that's a that plays into it. That's a part of it um, because then there's um, yeah, it's difficult to find anything else to do, other work, and hence they fall victim of of being um, yeah of this background. Um, yeah, yeah. Even if that's that's not the first reason. Yeah. Sure. So something I also want to talk about a, a little bit of a shift. So you work with women and, you know, Nigerian women and sp specifically, but, you know, what are the differences between working with a transgender woman in prostitution versus someone who's a woman? I mean, are there other than the vulnerabilities, are there other facets about um, 
them or their life or, or, or their presentation that make it more difficult or challenging or easier? Or can you explain the differences between um, the two? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, so in our experience, um, it's, I mean, on surface level, there, there isn't any difference. So we approach uh, anyone in the same way, um, just as, as people, um, as we are. But then once you get to know people more and once the conversations become deeper, uh, there are differences and nuances and, and things that we, um, and in our case, we are all women in our outreach team. So we are aware of certain factors. Um, so as a woman, I cannot relate to a transgender as a woman, which I can uh, to a woman that I'm speaking to on the streets. So that's, that's a difference. I cannot, I can, I can pretend to understand certain life issues because it's just a different situation that doesn't mean that we don't begin to understand and we're empathetic and and it's been a great privilege to to just learn mm-hmm. so much actually from them but um that that makes a difference um and also then because of their life story of the things that they've faced through, through due to their gender identity they, they just carry that package or that, that shaped them. Mm. Yeah, that shaped them yeah. and their worldview um, is linked to, to who they are as a transgender person. Um, and so I speak about the rejection they, they faced, maybe, you know, from their parents, their family, um, just the abuse they've, um, and the violence they've uh, been subjected to because they are transgender and those kind of issues that may not be in the same way present in the, mm. in the life story of the women that we meet. Um, of course, anyone that's in prostitution is, has faced abuse and violence, uh, mm. no doubt, but, yes. but it's different because it's linked directly to who they are, who their yeah, gender identity, what, what is their gender identity. Sure. So it's much more personal in a way. Sure. Um, and yeah, then overall, when it comes to maybe life aspirations, that there are differences because yeah, women may may desire to yeah to have a husband and, and children. Many of the, mm-hmm. the people we meet, they state this as a dream, but mm-hmm. then that's that's different. Um, in in someone's case, was transgender, transgender. So just overall, the bigger um, life issues to some extent uh, differ and, and that's that's fine that's that's also yeah. fine well it's yeah. yeah it becomes very complicated and so if if someone in this position wants to exit um you know you're always offering you know the invitation um and helping anyone whether they choose to or not but that those kinds of that kind of background also adds to the complexity and difficulty barriers to exiting because then what what is next or what do you want or you know what is what are their dreams um and actually yeah really strongly linked to this point is the fact that they just have lesser options because of the discrimination they mm-hmm. they face so there aren't yeah a woman, even though they come from a difficult background, they are they blend in with the mainstream society. A transgender person in at least in Italy in her area is labeled to have to be yeah in prostitution if you're transgender basically. So it's very difficult then to live a so-called normal life or to yeah even find work because many people are, are just so prejudiced. Yeah. And that's already um 
then fear that they have. They don't want to maybe try something that where, where they where they're scared of being rejected. Mm. Um, because yeah, people though they are tolerated in Italy and but but still there's a <laughs> there's a big level of um, of just yeah this I don't know even yeah I mean it's discrimination but it goes beyond that because people don't accept you as you are sure. and so it's yeah. it's easier to then stick to what you know uh, stay in the small circle of people that you know and yeah not put yourself out there understandably yeah yeah um, I'm going to change topic just a little bit because I'm a doctor and so I'm interested in some of the health aspects. And so, um, so in general, you know, there's a lot of uh, health risks associated with, with prostitution, a lot of violence and things like that. Um, but then there's also the health issues regarding access to hormones or other um, uh, gender affirming um, things that they want. Um, to do and so how as immigrants and sometimes illegal do you find that they're often exploring non-traditional ways of of meeting their healthcare needs or do you find a lot of questions here sorry I'll let, uh, or do you find that their their health problems are more complicated um, than other women um, in that milieu and how do they meet those needs is it more difficult or yeah to some extent Yes, um, I mean, yeah, many order hormones actually from abroad. Um, being outside of the yeah healthcare plans locally, um, but for like emergency healthcare, they do have anyone whether you have documents or not, you have to write for that. Okay. Um, but yeah, many have contracted HIV, um, mm -hmm. and yeah, they're. Um, there are more complicated issues there. And then that also comes comes to the aftercare. There are more things to consider um, because of, yeah, I mean, hormones, um, surgeries perhaps that people uh, want to do, or I've known of people who wanted to remove, um, uh, yeah, the silicones that they've placed uh, mm -hmm. and have, been, have put in their cheeks and th things like this. And yep. so, yeah, they are, they are more so, complicated. Yeah, so if they wanted things like that consider. being, if they wanted things like that being outside of the health system is is more problematic. Um, that means it's yeah financially then more yeah um, burdensome yeah and and also for them many of them are saving perhaps money to have certain surgeries sure. done. Some of them maybe fly back to their home countries where they then more easily have access to mm -hmm. to certain services mm -hmm. and may have surgeries done there. Um, but others save up and then down the line, yeah, dream to do things in Italy also. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, obviously in the private, yeah, yeah. <laughs> privately yeah. there are many doctors. So even though it's legal, they don't service. necessarily, they're not necessarily registered and have access to the public health, only for emergencies. Yeah. Yeah. So some are and some are, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Depends. So Depends. prostitution is legal, but, you know, it, we find that in lots of places that many of the people in uh, that situation are not actually registered um, and do not actually get the benefits, even though it's legal um, in that situation. Um, and if I may maybe clarify here, it's, um, and this is one difference also then to working perhaps with, with the Brazilians compared to, for example, the Nigerians, they, the Nigerians often are asylum seekers. And then this is, 
the route the way they can get their um, residence permits done. Whereas mm-hmm. for Brazilian, they don't have legal basis in the same way to, to for example, seek asylum. Um, and if they're not recognized as a victim of trafficking, then it's that yeah makes it harder to uh, to yeah find refuge and to to stay legally in the country. So this is a big big difference compared to the to the two to compared to the two groups. Yeah. Now mm-hmm. I want to make sure we have plenty of time for questions from our guests, but I do I I want to talk about bring up uh, at least one more thing. And so if people have a particular heart to um, reach out and um, explore what it means to do a similar outreach um, work among transgender, maybe people are already doing outreach to with women or boys or other people. And this is why I want to explore this particular dimension. Um, or maybe they haven't started anything and think, oh, well, I want to go where there's fewer people. Because you and I, when we, we have our meetings and we talk, that we desperately need more people who are willing to reach out to this group and, and offer assistance um, and do outreach because it is different and it is a it is more challenging. And so what would you say or, you know, do you have any advice or um, some remarks about or recommendations for people kind of thinking about this kind of work? Um, I would, yeah, of course, encourage it because I don't think it's something that, yeah, it should be seen as so different um, compared to reaching out to to anyone else in in prostitution. Um, Because that's what we talk about, wanting to help people who are, um, yeah, in situations of exploitation. And so there are perhaps, I mean, I think there are multiple ways of getting involved. And Obviously, locally, there's, there's an NGO who is already working amongst the transgender. This could be a way to start to explore and understand better um, what can be done through volunteering, if the NGO accepts that. But then also, I know in some cases, people, depending on their gifting, like over distance, one could get involved in helping, I don't know, in communications, um, in, in these kind of <laughs> supports, um, background works. That all ministries do anyway and often <laughs> small teams often are also looking for people mm-hmm. um, through awareness raising um, whether there is prostitution in one's area or not one can always still raise awareness about what's going on um, do fundraising and just read up also uh, there are there are some i mean faith-based books about this but then yeah there is a variety of literature out there yeah and stories um and we can also surely recommend if, if anyone would be interested in having some recommendations. Uh, and then also like if, yeah, like just looking, uh, it links to the, to, the, um, to the discrimination, how it's hard to find work. We really would need more people that can actually be kind of ambassadors, go and speak with employers um, mm-hmm. to see if yeah, they would hire or offer a work placement, internships, training opportunities. And not, not because people should be seen as charity cases, no, but to just kind of, yeah, open the way um, because yeah. it is so difficult. Yeah, and not be, and reduce that discrimination, not be afraid to hire someone because they're transgender and to re, and just to break down those barriers to, hey, you know, these are people and they're highly qualified. They can, they can do work. And uh, yeah, because but like I like what how you put that about being ambassadors and and just helping to 
not only empower, but sort of help be the first one to break down some of those barriers um, to facilitate, uh, you know, a different line of work if they're interested um, and to help them journey because there is a lot of pain, a lot of pain really wrapped up in uh, people living um, as transgender because of the history. And they come with all kinds of histories, all kinds of backgrounds is uh, in their um, past so there's not really one, one, one definable story or one definable history in my experience of, of working with people, particularly when you're working with transgenders who are in um, uh, prostitution. Um, and so I, I do want to uh, emphasize to people, anyone, please, if you're interested in learning more about getting involved or resources, or if you want to talk with Tina or me, uh, we we're happy to help. We do have things to offer. Um, even if you just want to talk with one of us and explore, what does it look like? Or have a bunch of questions. If you couldn't join us on this call today, uh, then please get in touch. The links will um, be in the show notes below. And, uh, so I think we've been going, yeah, really over about half an hour now. And, uh, hopefully we've got lots of questions now. So we're going to, uh, I'll cut off the video now and, um, if you are watching this on YouTube, please uh, be in touch um, and learn about the next video. Um, if you have any questions, please be in touch with me and I'll get you in touch with Tina. And I hope to see you on the next video. So here we go.